Hello, welcome back to the Georgia Daily Fitness Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A, so I'm going to be going through the questions that the RISE group members have submitted uh, in their check-in forms. Um, just to let you guys know, I am filming, not filming, recording even, in my um, studio, which is in my garden, so it's a tiny little gym, like a an outbuilding where I train some clients. I'm recording in here today because there's some... Um, I'm having some blinds installed in my house, if you must know, and um, I wanted to get away from the racket. So although it should be a better location for recording, there might be the odd plane going over, there might be the odd bird or something. I might see a spider, so at one point I might freak out. So yeah, just so you know, if you hear anything random, that's why. Okay, so kicking off with our first question. From November, I'm restarting a sports team. It's adult cheerleading, which is so much fun. We train for one and a half hours each week and the training comprises of resistance training and cardio. I don't think I'll have time to do this and all three resistance sessions and two cardio sessions in a week. Which session do you think I should drop? So first of all, yeah, that sounds super fun. And also great work on joining a a sports team. I think it's quite a daunting thing to do. Um, so yeah, big kudos to you on that. Um, if you only need to drop one session, I would probably keep up three resistance training sessions. Uh, there we go. There's a dog barking. Knew that would happen. Oh, he's, he's not happy. He's not happy with the, uh, with the person installing the blinds. They are not meant to be in the house. What are they doing? Right. Anyway. Yeah, I would probably keep up three resistance training sessions and drop the cardio down to one per per week, especially if you're someone who is getting in like seven, eight thousand plus steps a day. You're doing enough cardio for your fitness and your health. Um, so yeah, prioritizing your three resistance training sessions would probably probably be more beneficial because that's going to uh, be great for improving your physique. So if you're looking to get that kind of more toned, defined look, you definitely want to be keeping up the three resistance training sessions a week. That said, if your goal, if you turn around and said to me, actually, my number one goal is to get faster or improve my endurance or improve my fitness um, or cardiovascular health, then I would say, okay, actually, maybe we should reduce the resistance training and up the cardio. Um, but yeah, I think with your assuming your goal is uh, just kind of general health and physique improvement, I would say three resistance training sessions, one cardio, and then your cheerleading training would be fantastic. So that's what I would go for. Question two, I'm wanting to get into cold showering slash swimming. I'm right by the sea and also have a great unheated outdoor pool nearby. How long should I be trying to be in the cold for and what are the benefits? Good question and amazing that you have access to the sea and an unheated outdoor pool um that will yeah bring about some really great opportunities for cold water exposure so some of the benefits of cold water therapy just to take you through that first first of all it really helps with energy and productivity um cold exposure basically triggers a release of adrenaline which will lead to increased alertness energy focus all of that kind of thing so obviously very very beneficial for any mental and physical activities that you're going to be doing in your day-to-day it also helps to build resilience um, and that's because the very act of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone i.e breathe in the cold will just give you a sense of confidence and resilience 
it, is, it exposes us to a form of healthy stress as well. And the more we do that, the more resilience that we build, which will translate into your day-to-day. So whatever kind of stresses and difficult situations you're up against, cold water exposure can actually help with that as well, which is pretty cool. And finally, it can also enhance your mood. So it basically releases dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that naturally improves mood, enhances focus and improves overall well-being. So there's lots of benefits to to cold water exposure. I'd recommend starting on the shorter side to aim for like 10 to 30 seconds at first um, and then gradually increase to anywhere between three to five minutes. The recommendation is to avoid being in there in the sea or in a cold shower for more than 10 minutes because that can be dangerous so just be aware obviously of how you're feeling when you're doing this um and if you're listening to this by the way and you don't have access to the sea or open water swimming you can as i said do this in the shower um i would suggest having like a normal shower normal warm shower um and then just before just at the end basically turn it to cold and do this for as I say, like start at 10 to 30 seconds and then just build up by five to 10 seconds a week. Um, and that is still a really great way to do it. The other general recommendation is to avoid doing this after a strength workout because it can actually prevent hypertrophy, i.e. muscle growth. So ideally do it a little bit later on or beforehand. Um, and with this sort of thing, I'd also say try it and just see how you find it. It is going to be seriously uncomfortable, but if the benefits that you get from it are worth it, then 100% is worth pushing through and doing it on a regular basis. On a regular basis, but if you don't really feel that much of a difference, then it might not be worth it for you. So I'd say it really comes down to individual preferences, and I'd also say things like sleep, diet, and general exercise should be ranked much higher on the general kind of pyramid of health. And this would just be the cherry on top. So not everyone needs to be doing cold water therapy, but it can have some benefits for some people. Okay, next up, I need to take a break the week after next as I am away with a friend for a few nights, then having a wedding party with friends and family to celebrate getting married next year. Do I need to pause my program? I may pick up some of the holiday workouts if I feel like it. Um, I'm planning to, but I'm also giving myself permission not to do it if I don't fancy it. Yeah, so the easiest thing to do would be to pause your exercise program and then pick it up where you left it off just so you don't miss out on anything. Um, As you say, it is... 100% fine to have a few days off or even a week or two off um, for a special occasion, for a holiday, especially if it's intentional. You know, you won't lose any progress in a couple of weeks, especially if you can then just get straight back to it afterwards. It does take two or three weeks to start losing muscle mass. So just have that in mind that it's really not the end of the world. If you've been super consistent up until this point, not a big deal to take time off. And one thing that I do always remind my clients of as well is 80% of the year, no, sorry, 20% of the year will be holidays, illnesses, or other reasons that you can't be as on it with your training, with your diet as you'd like to be. And that is totally fine because as long as you are nailing it 80% of the time, you will keep moving forward because it's what you do the most and what you're consistent with generally that has the biggest impact. So yeah, definitely give yourself permission to not train, not keep up the exercise whilst you're away if it is just a week or two, but make sure you have a solid plan for getting back on track afterwards. 
Okay, next up. So this is actually another part of this question or from the same person. Any tips on how to help me get back on track? As historically, when I've taken a week or two off, it's drifted into a month or maybe two before I start again. Finally, should I return to the weight I left at or drop down a little bit to get me back into it? Yeah, so really, really good questions. So first thing I would say is to establish some non-negotiables for while you're away. So these could be basically a pared down version of your normal habits, but make them really easy so that you know that you'll do them every day and they won't make your holiday a misery, basically. So things like instead of hitting your normal step target, just make sure you get a walk in every day. Instead of overly thinking your diet whilst you're away, just try and get in some fruit or veg with every meal. And keeping those non-negotiables up every day will keep you feeling good, but also keep up the momentum, which will make it easier to get back on track when you're home. It's all about that momentum. Also plan now for when you're back. So pop your workouts in the diary for when you're home, the week that you're back. Do a food shop now in advance. Like I don't know if you do online grocery shopping, but that's what I do. And um, I'm a bit sad, like I'll do my um, Ocado shop or whatever before I go away for when I'm back, just so I know that then once I'm back, the day I'm home, all my healthy food will be delivered to me. Um, I'll have rough idea of the meals that I'm gonna make that week. And it just makes it so much easier to get back on track and get back to that healthy routine. I'd also, I think from a mindset perspective, remember the fact that the heaviest door is the gym door. And I really like this phrase because often, sorry, (laughs) I've got that wrong. I'm gonna say that again. The heaviest weight even is the gym door. That makes a lot more sense. Um, The reason I like this phrase is because often if you've had a bit of time off, you're probably not gonna feel as motivated as you did beforehand once you get back and that's totally normal because as I said it always comes down to momentum and often a holiday will kind of get in the way and you know you kind of lose that momentum as a result but that's not a bad thing you know don't see it as like oh why do I feel unmotivated just remember it's totally normal and it comes down to your mindset and if you can just get yourself to the gym or get yourself to the workout mat in your house wherever you train that is the hardest part done. So don't overthink the workout. Don't overthink how hard it's going to be. Just do the first part of the sequence. So it's like a domino effect, right? Once that first domino is knocked down, i.e. getting through the gym door, getting your workout mat out, then the rest will naturally follow, i.e. the workout, the exercises will naturally follow. And I have one more tip on this, actually, one more mindset tip, and that is to rewrite your story. Now, the reason I say this is because the way that you phrase this question, it sounds like maybe you tell yourself that you're the sort of person who, when they come back from holiday, they take weeks to get back on track. But actually, that's not you. That's not a personality trait. That's just something that you've told yourself. And therefore, it's something you're in control of and you can change. So from now on, I want you to start telling yourself that you are the kind of person who gets back on track straight away. And the chances are, you will. 
Okay, next question. So thanks for the resource on training um, and how it's impacted by the menstrual cycle. Oh yeah, so for context, anyone who's not on RISE, throughout the program, I will be sending the, the RISE group members lots of educational resources just so that they come out the other side of the program feeling very knowledgeable and empowered to continue their journey on their own should they wish. So this resource that I sent this client was about the menstrual cycle and how it can impact your training um, and they have asked I was wondering is it is this still true if you take a hormonal contraceptive so is your training still impacted if you're on the pill or another form of um, contraceptive so my answer to this is yes your hormone levels will still fluctuate throughout the month and this could have an impact on your training your energy levels your hunger etc but the extent of the impact will vary from person to person and it's also dependent on what kind of contraceptive you're taking and how you individually respond to it so very personal very individual so what I would recommend for anyone really, regardless of whether you're on contraceptive or not, is keep a log of how you feel in your day-to-day life. So things like how energized you are for your work, how energized you are for your workouts, how heavy you can lift in your workouts, your hunger levels. Just keep a, a log of that for a few months. Um, there's apps that will um, that can help you to do that or just write it down on a notepad, nice and easy. And this is just gonna help you to identify any trends with your cycle and how it might be impacting, you know, things like your energy levels and your appetite. And then you can act accordingly. Now that said, I really wouldn't advise um, overthinking it because it can become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy to the point where you're like, oh, I'm last month at this point I was really tired, so I imagine I'll be really tired today and therefore I'm going to take it easy and, you know, not train. But actually, that's not how I would use this data. I would just be like, okay, I'm going to go about my day-to-day life as normal. I'm going to be very aware of how I'm feeling, how I feel at the gym. And say you get to the gym and you're like, God, I'm feeling really tired today. Like the weights just aren't going up easily. And then you look back at last month and you're like, oh, interesting. Okay, same time last month, that was the case as well. It just gives you a little bit of reassurance that, okay, this is down to my body. This is not me. I'm not like weak for some reason today, or I'm not, I haven't suddenly lost gains. It's just like, okay, my body is maybe going through something today and I need to take it easy. And that's absolutely fine. So it just gives you permission to take it easy and act according to your body rather than you know, beating yourself up when you can't quite achieve what you set out to, or, you know, your hunger levels are wild and you want to eat everything in sight. It just encourages you, I think, to be a bit kinder to your body and have a better awareness of what's going on under the surface and act accordingly. But like I say, don't let it become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So don't overthink it. Okay, next question. Is it okay to change order of exercises in the gym when equipment is in use? So yeah, that is totally fine. The order of the exercises is deliberate. So the first exercises will generally require the most energy. Therefore, that's why we do it at the beginning because you've got the most energy to give. But it's not the end of the world if you can't do them in that order and you do need to change it up because of, you know, the circumstances in the gym. It's obviously better than skipping that exercise entirely. So try and stick to the order as much as possible. But if it's not always possible, then don't worry because we never want to sweat the small stuff like this kind of thing unless you're a bodybuilder, not the end of the world. 
Okay, next question. Do you have any mindset tips for helping me to stay consistent with working out? I'm struggling to get into a good rhythm and feel like it's a mental thing because I do enjoy it when I finally convince myself to get to the gym and do it. Yeah, so kind of like I said before, remember that the hardest weight at the gym is the front door. So often once you get through that door, everything else will fall into place and feel so much easier. The biggest mental barrier is getting there and getting it done. And I think we often kind of big it up in our heads. We often think about the mountain that is getting the whole workout done, lifting some heavier weights, rather than just taking the first step, which is getting through that door or getting your workout mat out. So try and simplify it in your head, you know, rather than overwhelming yourself. Think about making it as easy as possible. Um, And then the other thing is, one thing that actually really helps me to get my ass in gear, whether it's work-related, diet-related, exercise-related, is to reframe it from, I have to do this, to I get to do this. Because the fact is, not everyone gets to do what you have the opportunity to do. Not everyone is in a position to work out and improve their health. So I would say, make the most of it while you can. Try and avoid thinking of it as a chore. Otherwise, you will naturally be less inclined to want to do it. So really just try and reframe it as a positive thing, something that has a huge positive impact on your life and you are in a very, very lucky position to be able to do that on a regular basis. And you can apply this not just to exercise, but to your diet, your job, any task that sometimes you put off or you see it as a bit of a chore, reframe it because not everyone gets a chance to do it. Okay, next question. I have low-key been hard on myself for not showing up as much as I want to for my training. So there is a, is there a part of the training you recommend doing for weeks, like the one I had, even if it's a 10-minute workout at home? Okay, so I think with this question, you're asking if you would, if you were to shorten the workout, what would that look like? What would I recommend you do? So Firstly, I would say don't be too hard on yourself because generally this kind of negative self-talk isn't going to motivate you to become better and to follow through with your intentions. So what I'd want you to consider is, firstly, what's the reason you're not showing up? Understand that and then try and find a solution based on this. So I'm not 100% sure what the reason you're not showing up is, but if it was to do with time, because obviously you've said, like, what, what could I do if I did just like a 10 minute workout? If that is the case, then you've just got to accept that because you can't create more time. Presumably you've, you know, assessed your week and you know that you can't really commit to too much more right now. And that's absolutely fine. So you've just got to work with the time that you have. If that's just getting, if that's only being able to do a 10 minute workout, that is so much better than doing nothing. If you can do three times 10 minute workouts a week, great, better than nothing. And then maybe at some point, once you're in a good rhythm, you can look to increase it by five minutes, or maybe you can look at doing a longer one on the weekend or something like that. But if you're finding it hard to stay consistent, it can be quite helpful to scale down the workouts and just try and create some consistency with that. So specifically what I'd recommend if you're gonna do a 10 minute workout is to still follow the plan that I've given you, but just do each exercise once rather than doing it for two or three sets. Then you're still hitting all the muscle groups And to be honest, the first set is actually where you're going to get most out of that exercise anyway because of the law of diminishing returns. So you'll get the most bang for your buck doing that first set anyway. You'll still get a good stimulus on the muscle, especially if you're new to strength training. You'll still be building muscle as a result. You'll still be hugely improving your health compared to someone who is not doing anything. So 
yeah, that's what I'd suggest. I'd also suggest trying to push yourself in that 10 minute period that you're doing. So lifting quite heavy, making it feel quite challenging, providing you've done a warm up because that's the only thing you don't want to push yourself too hard if you're not warmed up and that could put you at risk of injury. If you haven't done a warm up, if you don't have time, go light on your first two exercises and then go heavy on the subsequent ones because then you should be nice and warmed up and you're going to reduce the risk of injury. Okay, final question for today. What happens at the end of rise? Good question. So at the end of the six weeks, you have three options. You can either continue on a monthly rolling basis um, on rise, which will be the exact same as it has been up until this point. And that will be at a slightly discounted rate, which I've posted on the community forum. So have a look at that. You also have the option to upgrade to -to one-to-one coaching one-to-one online coaching that is. So if you feel like you need a higher level of support and you'd like a more personalized plan, then this could be a good option for you. There are limited spaces, I will say. So if you want to do that, I'd recommend dropping me a message now if you're interested. I can only take on a certain amount of online clients at a time because it is a very high support, high accountability, personalized offer. So if you're interested in that, um, drop me a message and I'll send over some more information about how it all works and the pricing. And then the final option, of course, is if you choose not to continue, that's absolutely fine and your membership will automatically be ended after the six-week period and no more payments will be taken. So it's totally up to you. Um, Anyone who's on Rise currently will be sent a form to fill out at the end of the at the end of this week at the end of the six weeks um and you'll have an opportunity then to specify what um what you oh no sorry guys there's a wasp it's hovering around my face i'm not enjoying this um if you can hear the buzzing that's what it is um also if you can hear me freaking out loki that's also what it is okay it's gone it's gone So yeah, you have the option, you'll get a form to fill out this week, which will give you the chance to indicate whether you'd like to stay, upgrade or end your membership. If you've enjoyed having the structure and accountability, then I would definitely recommend you keep going on Rise. I personally will always have a coach myself, not because I don't know what I'm doing, obviously, but just because I love having someone to do my workouts for me, do my programming for me, because this is this just reduces my mental load so that I can focus on other things. And it means that when I get to the gym, I know exactly what I'm doing. I have a plan to follow and I know it's gonna work. And I also just love the accountability. Like when I have a coach holding me accountable, I'm gonna be so much more consistent as a result. Oh, and also just to say, I'm gonna be gathering lots of feedback from everyone who was on the first, first intake of Rise and I'll be implementing any suggestions. So trust me when I say the program is only gonna get better. All right, that was all the questions for this week. Thanks for listening, guys. If you're not currently already on Rise and you'd love to get involved and join the next intake, then hit the link in the podcast description. All the information you need to know will be there. So, you know, in case you're like, what the hell is Rise? What's it all about? All the info you need is there. There's also a separate podcast which will give you all the information you need to know about it. So um, have a look at that and you can join the priority list right now if you're keen to sign up to the next intake which will be starting on the 30th of October and spaces for that will be opening next Monday which is the 16th so yeah that's everything from me today guys have a fantastic rest of your day and I'll speak to you soon